This is the Inquisitive Minds Podcast. Hey, thank you for tuning in to the Inquisitive Minds Podcast, sir. I'm your host as usual, Johnny Smith. Today, I'm super excited. Yeah. <laughs> we have someone that I absolutely adore on this program. Uh, someone that has been a close friend of mine uh, very early on in the comedy game. Stand-up comedian, uh, father, <laughs> friend, all types of great shit. <laughs> Super dope dude, Andreas O'Rourke. Welcome to the program. What's up, everybody? Thank you, John, uh, for that very heartwarming and, and touching intro, man. We've Yeah, man, we've uh, pretty much since the beginning, your, your start, we've been uh, rocking together and doing shit. <clears throat> yeah, our first road trip was uh, me, you, Joe, and a buddy of mine up to... Uh, uh, Newcastle. I remember that. <laughs> Dude, yeah. that was wild. And we did a mic in Ohio after that. That night, same night. That was a good night. That was no, I remember that show. That was a weird like it was uh where was it, it was like in this weird cafeteria looking place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a good description. Yeah. And it was a very odd demographic because it yeah. was a lot of like older white people <laughs> that typically didn't like my stuff at the time. Right. But like the guys were loving it because it was a lot of it was dirty. Yeah, and like I seen the one woman uh, elbow her husband because he was laughing too hard. <laughs> that was that was a good experience though. No man, it was fun. Uh, I've known John for pretty much since he started. I remember uh, I did the blind pig with you yeah. back when you had your your hair. Yeah, <laughs> you had the locks. Um, but nah, man, uh, John, John is a, one of the most solid dudes I've ever met in this shit. Just really nice down to earth guy. Dude, it came in, he had to eliminate. I'm not going to show the label because they're not paying us, but he got me a lemonade. Like immediately, as soon as I walked, he just threw it at me and was like, yo, and I was like, wow, <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> Thank you for the kind words. So Andreas, you, uh, you live up in the, uh, Beaver County, Pennsylvania area, but you are from a land far away mm-hmm. growing up in Alabama. Yes, sir. Tell us about it a little bit. Shit, man. Well, um, am I allowed to cuss? Absolutely. I already did. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, dude, Alabama, I mean, I joke around a lot about it in my set, and I rip on Alabama and make fun of it. I mean, with, with, within every joke, there's a grain of truth. Um, it, it, it was pretty crazy, man. Uh, Mobile is where I'm from. And I remember I did a show one time where I mentioned Mobile, and, and some dude in the audience was like, ghetto. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is, uh, Mobile is kind of ghetto. Um a little bit like uh you look at the ghettos like Pritchard and uh Crichton and um Tomanville that's that's where I went to school man so like basically uh in my early years I was like a little little kid elementary school uh age I went to you know schools out in the woods man like out in the country mm-hmm. Sims uh out in uh, Wilmer you know, no one's going to know where that is. Look, Google it. <laughs> yeah. You'll just see a field. I lived in a nice trailer park, and I know that people think, well, how could it be nice? It was like a brand new, like, immaculate. They mm. ain't cut the trees down yet. It was beautiful. There's levels to trailer parks. Yeah, there are. I want to live in a trailer again, and I don't know why. I'm weird. But um, my mom always wanted a double wide. Dude, a good, a good double wide? That's all you need, man. Yeah, I mean, it's a good home, but, like, I'm fighting stereotypes. I'm not moving into a trailer. <laughs> Fuck it, man. I look like I should be. I look like I own three broken down trailers. <laughs> and some cars that don't run. Yeah, yeah. My my uh, my lot is 17 uh, Buicks of all 80s years that don't run. And a lawnmower for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Riding lawnmower. Um, here's, how, here's how I try and fight the stereotypes. 
But here's how backwoods and country I am. My lawnmower is actually sitting in my kitchen. Are you, you fucking know, kidding? Like me? a normal person, am I right? See, he's gonna he, he's he's gonna show me after I get. I will. He's like, I will. This is the fucking lawnmower that I was talking about. Yeah, <laughs> it's right in the kitchen. That's dope, man. Uh, so I grew up, man. It wasn't that bad initially. I mean, the racism, you know, that's gonna. I was the only white kid in a group of brown friends. Um, now, a, a, what brown kid? It's interesting you say that. <laughs> Sorry. What? Um. Now, did you misspoke? Did you? Misspeak? I misspoke. Okay. I was the only brown kid in a group of white friends. <clears throat> okay. Only brown. Because, okay, because I heard it the, the, the other way, when yeah. you said, and I was like, what's going on here? Yeah, what's going on? What's your so, idiot? So, so you were the only brown kid, um, yeah. and you look racially ambiguous, is the way I'll say it. Yeah. Um, what ne- ethnicity are you? I am Native American, and uh, my mother is Irish. Okay, that explains the name. That explains the eyebrows, bro. <laughs> <laughs> the fucking beard. Okay. O'Rourke. Okay, so you were the only... Uh, Brown kid, brown, as you put it. Yes, um, <laughs> a lot of racism. You say? Oh yeah, I've been called, and, and in my set, I have a joke about um, being racially ambiguous and being called every bad racial thing. That's not a that's not a lie. That mm-hmm. happened. I've been called the n word. I've been called um, Mexican slurs. I've been called Asian slurs. Sometimes I get on the bus, they would do the the I thing, and yeah, that's um, fucked up. I'm not. Yeah. Guys, I'm not <laughs> laughing at racial slurs Sorry. right now. I'm very stoned. Just to be clear, I'm so high. It's funny. Like I'm not like yeah, racial slurs. All right, <laughs> uh, yeah. But um, nah, man. It was a. Uh, and by the way, I just want to say, racism is 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 a universal language. It is not. It wasn't just white people that did this to me. I got made fun of by both white and black. Okay. Aggressively, um, very aggressively, man. I had serious issues, self esteem issues, self confidence issues growing up. Um. <clears throat> It got worse when I got to middle school. Cause and, and you were also very small in stature growing oh, yeah. up. Like, oh, yeah. For those of you who don't know, what are you, like 6'2"? Six 6'2", two? Six two, about 200 pounds. But built like a fucking college athlete. Right? <laughs> He's in the weight room. Now. But uh, it was starkly different when you were younger. Yep. Uh, middle school, how, how big? Oh, dude, middle school, I was basically the size of a third grader in sixth grade. And everyone else was like, and also I went to middle school in, like the, in, in, the, in the ghetto. About five foot? Uh, around there, yeah, maybe a little shorter, and and thin as a rail. And yep. for those of you who don't like, he's not exaggerating. I've seen pictures. Yeah, he was like unbelievably <laughs> small. Yeah, I was a I was a very very late bloomer. So like, here's what you got to picture, okay? I'm little fucking dude. I'm the only like brown kid, and I'm going to these schools that are primarily white and black. And as I got my sixth and seventh grade year, I went to school in Tomanville. Now, for those of you that have never heard of Tomanville, it's the hood. It is the hood straight up. So I walk in there, and I'm the only, literally the only non-black kid. Like, literally, literally I walk in there, and I'm terrified because when we were registering me to go, there were three fights in the hallway right next to the fucking principal's office. <laughs> three fights. It's a rough spot. Yeah. And um, as soon as I got my little escort, uh, his name was Jerome. He was showing me around the school. As soon as he got out of earshot of the principal, he was like, all right, so do you fight? Straight up, just like that. And I was like, what the fuck? And like, I'm looking around, dude. And, and, and keep in mind, I went to school in like the country kind of before this. So I'm not accustomed to this type of environment. There's mm-hmm. bars on the windows. The windows are plastic. There's motherfuckers like shooting dice in the hall. I know it sounds ridiculous <laughs> and like I'm making this up, but I shit you fucking not. They're shooting dice in the hallway. They got dollar bills on the fucking floor. And I'm just, I'm shitting myself. I'm fucking terrified. But he's like, you fight? And 
I'm just trying to fake it here, man. I'm like, because I don't think they're going to have me fight, right? I'm, yeah. just, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll fight. And he's like, all right, cool. We got someone for you up here. I was like, what? They lead me <clears throat> down the hall, and there's this really, uh, there's no nice way to say it. He was really, really fat. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's kind of rude. But he was a really fat guy, and um, they were like, you got to throw hands with this dude for 30 seconds. And I was like, all right. Um, we threw hands, and I, you know, I was a skinny little shit, but I, you know, my, my older cousin taught me how to scrap a little bit. And this dude was—he was bigger. He was kind of slow, so I tagged him a couple times in the face, and uh, <laughs> I guess that was enough. Okay. They were cool with me after that, and they were like, um, "Yeah, man, you cool, you cool. We're gonna call you Jin." And for those of you who don't know, Jin is a Asian rapper, and uh, that's what they called me. They called me Jin. I was—I was thinking about the uh, the Arabic uh, like n- mythological figure. What? Like uh, the Jin is like a genie. I didn't know that. Yeah. John is multicultural, y'all. Holy <laughs> shit. I did not know that. Yeah. Uh, mm. You know, a little bit. Yeah, I just like the other shit. That's all. He's, everybody knows. He's stuff. so multiverse. But um, I don't know. I don't know shit about a buck. But Booker T was crazy. Booker T Washington is the school it was. It, oh, I thought we were talking about the wrestler. I was like, no, I love this no, transition. No, no. <laughs> it was crazy, man. Like, that school was so hood. You had the teachers telling us to our face, like in class, y'all, y'all ain't nothing. Y'all are the reason the school is going to get shut down, all kinds of crazy shit. You saw girls fighting dudes, and I don't mean like not winning. They were beating up dudes. Like they were scrapping for real. <laughs> I, 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 uh, I'm, my violent days are behind me. Good, man. You're so peaceful. You know, you're like that's, a, I'm very peaceful. You're like a Z-Lot. Um, <laughs> you're all peaceful and shit. But I remember in high school, there was a fight between these two uh, – Plus size ladies. <laughs> I've seen that before. But it was crazy because yeah. one of them was like real thugged out. Like you could tell she was. I'm okay. I'll put it this way. I remember I was in court and I happened to see her have the same court date. I was like, hey, nice to see you. Hey. Uh, so she was about the bullshit. But th- we're in history class and uh-huh. the teacher's trying whatever the fuck he's doing. Germany or some Ger- bullshit. <laughs> Black people weren't slaves or whatever. You know, uh, whatever bullshit they spew. Oh, shit. <laughs> um, but all you see is this girl stand up and say, I'm a bitch. Call me a bitch again. <laughs> I didn't even know who she was talking to. And I guess the girl called her a bitch again. And boy, she hopped on her heavy. Ooh. It was ridiculous. And the prince or the teacher could not, he couldn't intervene. He couldn't break it up. He wasn't with the shit. And it was one of those situations where they like call for the, I guess the resource team or the resource officer, whatever. To but they had to come in and break. It was crazy. It yeah, was man, wild. You have to be careful. Catch Some a of fucking these, hook. like that's the thing. People think like women are always weaker, and women will fuck you up, bro. I I literally do. Like there was one time a Booker T. This this girl liked me, and she was like a big scary woman. And she liked me, and she made it known that she liked me. And it was like fucking, it, it made me think of like a, a jail sink. She was like, I like you. Baby D. And I was like, okay, that's cool. And she was like, no, I like you, little white boy. They called me white. <laughs> they called me white. I don't mean to laugh at your pain. No, but it's like, they call me little white boy. They're like, I like, little white boy or Jen. It's confusing as fuck. They're like, I like you, little white boy. <laughs> I was like, I well, I'm not really that interested. She fucking pushed me so hard. I fucking flew out the back door, bro. Good lord, man! She pushed me so far. I'm telling you, man. Like it was, it was crazy out there. And um, every fight I got into <clears throat> when I was in school, I never started. People would literally, I was so small. People would come up and smack me in the fucking head, and like, I would never. I'd have to fight at that yeah. point. What else am I supposed to do? One time, I had this kid. Did not know this dude. 
Never talked to this dude, never did nothing. He came up and smacked me upside my fucking head when I was like picking up my books. And he was like, you can't whoop me or some shit like that. And, and, and I didn't know this kid, but all I know is, okay, I have to do something now. I get in his face. I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. I'm like, I bet I can. And like the teacher came in, so he went back to his desk, and he's just mouthing shit. You ever see something like, bitch, bitch, you know, just yeah, mouthing yeah. fucking bullshit? I'm trying to ignore it. And then, um, and then someone looked back at me and was like, you won't take that? And I, I had to like stand up and act at that point. And we scrapped, and it was stupid as fuck. Um, I ended up winning that one. Uh, I, I, he knocked my glasses off, so I couldn't see what was going on, but I felt my fist like in his shit and he had like some blood coming out of his nose and his cheeks were mad red so i'm assuming i won that shit <laughs> when did you get your growth spurt uh <clears throat> i didn't start really growing until i was like out of high school like 18 okay so like and i didn't start hitting the weights till i was like in uh ninth grade and i noticed that when i started getting some muscle people stopped fucking with me mm-hmm. they stopped entirely like i think people are cowardly as fuck like you're gonna fucking not and by the way having muscles does not mean you can fight at all yeah not at all i've seen big dudes get slept so but people assume that they just rather not deal with the extra hassle. So, um, yeah, man, high school. High school was all right. Played football. I wasn't that good. Okay, what position did you play? I played uh, quarterback when I was a freshman, and then I played receiver okay. all throughout. I wasn't that good, though. But, like, bro, I played with NFL, future NFL, like TJ Yeldon and Ryan Anderson and CJ. I played with a bunch of NFL players. So can you really say I wasn't that good? Look who I was, <laughs> look who I was up against. <laughs> That's fair. So, well, then when did you, uh, when did you leave Alabama? I left Alabama when I was 18. Um, like, I like it. Like, Get the fuck out of there. Oh, dude. Well, what happened was, it's a crazy story, because what happened was I graduated. And, like, dude, I didn't have a plan or nothing. Like, I wanted to go to. <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> well, I wanted to go to Alabama. I wanted to go to the University of Alabama. And I don't think anyone knows this. I actually got accepted to Alabama. And I, got, I wanted to go to Alabama or Colorado. Well, congrats, by the way. I know it's late, but it's really late. <laughs> I got accepted to those two schools, and uh, but I had no money to mm-hmm. go, and I wasn't going to get a loan. So I was ba- story of my life, <laughs> bro. I was like sitting at home doing nothing after I graduated, and um, I worked all summer in irrigation and fucking landscaping, laying sod. Have Have you ever laid sod before? I have not laid sod. That shit is hard as fuck, dude. I know it sounds easy, like oh, you just lay. No, 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 bro. That shit was. Fucking 14 hours a day. We got paid 50 bucks no matter how much or how little we worked. Mm-hmm. So it's basically like slave labor. But anyways, um, I bought my first car with the money from that job. My uncle said he was going to help me pay for it. He didn't pay for shit. He drove me up there to pot- buy the car. That was- <laughs> you're, like a, you're like an 80s movie, bro. Right? <laughs> like, you definitely are. <laughs> it was a piece of shit car, man. But like, it ties into what ended up happening. So like, I was while they were gone during the day, I was driving around looking for a job. I was just going from place to place. I tried everywhere, man. No one would fucking, no one would hire me, right? So one day I fucked up, though. I got lost. And I was like, I got to get home before my aunt comes back or I might die. But that's another story for another time. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. But eventually what ended up happening was I ran my car out of gas. And my aunt wouldn't give me any gas money. She said, you shouldn't be driving around doing all that bullshit anyway. So I had no car, no job. And me and my aunt kind of got into it a little bit, you know. Um, one day, little, pretty intense argument, and uh, she said something to the effect of, "If you don't like it, you can just go live with your mom." My mom lived up here. Okay. She lived in Manaka. Okay. So, I was like, "All right, <clears throat> cool. I'm, I'm gonna go do that." You know, and I was. Uh, it was a good decision, and it wasn't at the same time. And and here here I'll explain. So, 
my uncle was trying to push me into the Navy because the Navy, you basically can just serve and go to school mm-hmm. that way. But I was, uh, like, if I had the knowledge I had now, I would have done it. Okay. But I was so hard-headed and I wouldn't listen that I was like, fuck this. I know better than all of you, blah, 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 blah. Moved up here. As so many of us do at that age. Yeah, you know? man. I was, dude, let me tell you something. When I was in the high school years, fuck, I don't even want to say, I was just, it was a lot of weed, a lot of weed. I smoked out of the uh, fucking. You, you, uh, <laughs> you horrible person. Uh, no, no, it was like I smoked out of uh, green tea cans a lot. And people have told me that there's gonna something's gonna fuck up eventually. <laughs> you, you monster! <laughs> but I, I was smoking weed and I was just I was fucking around. And I uh, think weed is the devil. I <laughs> look at I you. Think that, I think it's only for the worst people in the world. Johnny's eyes aren't even open. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's uh, what did they say? The devil's lettuce. The fucking devil's <laughs> lettuce. Some stupid shit. You, you murderous pothead, <laughs> Johnny. You are a high man, <laughs> bro. The, 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 um, but, uh, yeah, so I was doing a lot of bullshit. I was partying with, was partying with Forrest. I've talked about Forrest. Myself. I don't tell his joke anymore because it's not that funny, but Forrest was a wild dude, man. He was a, it was a bigger dude, like, I don't know, fat. And, uh, you know, fat <laughs> is a descriptive word. Like, I know people, well, people get, get offended, man. Well, I don't that's know. because people are fucking pussies sometimes. <laughs> like, like, if you, here's the difference. If you say Johnny is fat. That is a fact. If you say Johnny's a fat, you know, greasy, sloppy piece of shit, like that's the difference. Okay. Like fat is just a descriptive <laughs> word. If you're fat, you're fat. That doesn't mean you're not worth anything. That doesn't mean you're not beautiful. It doesn't mean you're not worthy, guys. Right. You're beautiful, but Johnny. Fat is just a descriptive word. I know, I'm fucking glorious. You're fucking prosperous. I am amazing. <laughs> Dude, one time, though, we were getting ready to party, and uh, I lived in Daphne, and. Um, we were from Theodore, and we were, we were, we, me and my cousin were going to party with Forrest. We were going to go to Theodore, and he, was, he would say weird shit. He was like, are they cool with fat people? <laughs> <laughs> I feel it, though. I, I relate. Like, I understand. I was like, bruh, nah, Forrest. Nobody at Theodore is fat. It was weird. But um, Oh, I actually got a story that ties into my <laughs> high school years. I got shot at before. Okay. And I, I figured this would be good for the thing. So when I was uh, 14... My cousin got into some MySpace beef. This is how old this was. Some mm. MySpace beef with this dude named uh, Kendall Cotton. That's okay. his real name. He's not a fucking Disney villain. His name was Kendall Cotton. And they got into some shit. And um, basically, the, the long and short of it was him. MySpace and- beef is such, <laughs> is such an antiquated phrase anymore. Yeah. But go ahead, because I love it. It's MySpace. But they were fucking, uh, they were into it. And my cousin came up to me and said, hey, yo, you trying to fight? I got to fight. You know, and there's going to be other people there. I'm going to need your help. And, dude, I don't, uh, hold on. I don't like fighting. I never did. I, I just, it's not my thing. But at the time, I was 14. I was trying to prove something. I don't know what the fuck I was trying to prove. Yeah. But anytime someone asked me if I wanted to fight or do anything physical like that, I always said yes. Well, you know what? It, we have the flight or fight mentality. Yeah. And there's some people that the flight doesn't come into play. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Just as there's some people that the fight never comes into play. Right. You know, so that's just, it is what it is. Shit happens. But I'm not, I don't want people to think like from this, that I'm like an aggressive dude and I start shit. I don't never do shit like that, bro. Like, I mean, if I have to defend myself, that it is what it is, but I don't go around like starting shit. But um, I said, yeah, I want to fight. Andreas is a bully. <laughs> I said, yeah, I want to fight. And dude, it was like a movie. Like, like this sounds so unreal, but we literally got in the truck, Cameron's truck. And we drove around to all these different 
gas stations and trailer parks picking up these dudes called the Neck Boys. Oh, boy. Rednecks. That's what the... Uh-huh. The Neck Boys were fucking crazy. They were a bunch of crazy-ass white dudes that did steroids and beat the shit out of each other. That's what they were. <laughs> Sounds like a party. It, but Oh, dude. we It was like a fucking movie because we'd round these dudes up. We'd round them like four at a time. They would have guns and shit. And when I saw the guns, I was like... Yo, what are we doing? <laughs> let's have, let's stop. Let's have a little like a, a, a dialogue about what we're doing to this dude. <laughs> yeah. But I didn't say shit because I was like, I'm in it now. So I'm in the back of this truck, and we have a fucking convoy of twenty fucking big ass trucks. And I swear to God, like if if I hadn't lived it, I wouldn't have believed this shit happened. And we're going, and we're going to Kendall Cotton's house. And I'm in the back. <laughs> this is great, by the way. <laughs> I'm in the back of the truck with this dude named Dustin. He's all hype. He's like, man, we about to fight. We about to fight. You ready? You ready? And, you know, out, outward, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to fuck this dude. But, but the, on the inside, I'm like, man, I am not ready. <laughs> I'm not. Well, I don't want to do this yeah. shit. Let me go home so I can beat off and play NCAA 07. That's all I was concerned about. But we're going. And I'm thinking we're going to go to this, like, shady-ass, like, you know, place or this maybe the projects to fight this dude. Because we have like 20 deep, bro. We have 20 trucks full of crazy-ass rednecks with fucking guns and shit. And they, they're all crazy. The neck boys are crazy. I can't specify that enough. They were insane. They're fucking crazy. But anyways, we pull into this cul-de-sac. This suburban-ass cul-de-sac. And there's this nice-ass house. And the garage is open. And there's I'll never forget. There's three dudes playing pool. Oh, very and one casually. Of the, one of those dudes was Kendall. <laughs> and I was like, we literally have 100 fucking people. What the fuck are we about to lynch this motherfucker? He was white. I can say that. Are we about to lynch this motherfucker? (laughs) So we literally, we had 20 trucks. So we were like wrap around the whole fucking cul-de-sac. As soon as we got there, people started calling the cops because 20 fucking Z71 just pulled their fucking... Those are the trucks (laughs) I was picturing too. (laughs) Yeah, it was Z71s and it was... That that was the truck in Theodore, Alabama. If you had a Z seventy one, you got pussy. It was as simple as that. <laughs> if you had a Z seventy one with a whip, with like a big ass antenna on the back, and like 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 your name, your last name on with stickers on your windshield, you got pussy. <laughs> didn't matter what you looked like. Didn't matter what you made. If you had that, puss. <laughs> okay, I'm telling you. But we had that, and we get out, and bro, I'm in the back of the crowd. I'm really short, and it's literally I'm not shitting. It's like a hundred people, and we walk up to this dude's fucking garage. And it's just three of them just playing some fucking pool. My cousin's got his shirt off. He's flipping out. I was like, yo, what's up, bitch? Blah, 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 blah. And there's this other dude hyping. I'm like, yeah, we about to fuck you up. And I'm, at this point, I think this is ridiculous because we have so many people. Like, what? Are, I guess the rest of us are just going to watch. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's but, like a display of power. But, you know, Kendall was very Ooh, calm. He was, like, he was like, y'all need to get off my property. Just like that. And... My cousin was like, no, nah, we ain't going nowhere, bitch, blah, 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 blah. And he was like, y'all ain't going to leave. He was like, no, nah, we ain't going nowhere. He was like, all right. And he walks back in his house. Now, with the knowledge I have now, I'll know if someone calmly goes back into their house and they ain't worried about 100 motherfuckers, I should probably leave. Cause <laughs> yeah, yeah. It seems like they may have something in store for you. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I'm, I can't see at this point. I, everything just calms down and we're all just kind of standing there looking at these two dudes. Well, this is bullshit. Nothing's happening. Yeah, we're like, it was like a very almost funny moment because we're all just like, what do we do now? And then I'm, I can't see what's going on, but I see people turn around and start walking away. And I see them start running. And when the smoke cleared, I saw him standing there with a fucking shotgun and he popped that motherfucker in the air. And when I saw it was real, let me tell you something. I literally almost pissed myself. 
Like, I literally almost peed in my fucking pants. It was the most terrifying moment of my life. I turned around and fucking hauled ass, my boy. I fucking hauled ass. I jumped into fucking, no, I got to the truck, and uh, Cameron was in there. No, someone, it was Heath's truck. It wasn't Cameron. He, he was just sitting there, just chilling. I'm beating on him. Like, Let me in this fucking shit. I jump in, dude. My cousin jumps in. He breaks the center console because he jumps in hard as fuck. And Cameron was chasing, uh, no, dude was chasing us with the shotgun. With his buddy driving. And and <laughs> this is really like a movie. Yeah, and Heath is trying to get out of the cold. It's funny fuck. He's like, how the fuck you get out of here? <laughs> <laughs> but he's he shot. The scariest thing was he shot and hit the fucking tailgate. And I'm not going to lie to you, man. I started crying. I'm going to be real. Because I, was, I thought I was going to fucking die. I really thought this is it. My life is going to end. I'm going to die here. My cousin was fucked up on Xanax. So he didn't really care as much. <laughs> and it's a hell of a way to put it. We had this, this fucking B-Rad from Malibu-looking motherfucker in the bed of our truck, and he has a Glock, and he's pointing it at dude like he's going to shoot, but he's not shooting. And my cousin's like, give me the fucking gun. Give me the fucking gun. And, like, dude, I'm so fucking, I'm fucking shitting myself. I'm like, bro, my cousin's going to go to jail for murder. I'm going to die. What the fuck? We ended up losing him. We ended up uh, at a Waffle House. Um... <laughs> How every great story ends. Oh, yeah, but no, I didn't in there because uh, one of the dudes in our little convoy got arrested, and he had a fucking AK-47 in his truck at 17 years old. <laughs> Bro, that was the craziest shit, man. That was a hell of a story. That's why I'm not afraid. Like, if I'm ever physically threatened, I'm like, you can't scare me more than I was scared in that moment. I get that. So go ahead. Do whatever you got to do, bro. <laughs> you no, know, I, I I completely understand that. I wonder how Kendall's doing today. See, all right. <laughs> yeah, how you doing out there, buddy? If you if you happen to hear this episode, reach out. <laughs> yeah, reach out. Don't, but don't like, don't bring your fucking shotgun. <laughs> Real quick, uh, promo yourself. Uh, uh, shout out, shout out your socials and all that. Anything you want to talk about upcoming? Okay, so um, thank you, Johnny. By the way, so uh, my socials. I'm Andreas O'Rourke on everything. Andreas O'Rourke Facebook, Andreas O'Rourke Instagram, um, Big Nasty eighty six on TikTok. Not gonna, <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna lie, my TikTok's trash right now. But I'm coming up, dude. Uh, fuck, I'm not giving up to to all my all my viewers out there. So upcoming tonight, I'm doing. A, I, I I can't really promo this. It's like a birthday party for okay. with Wolfie. We're doing a, we're oh, doing okay. a birthday party for some dude who's turning fifty. And then uh, next week, I'm at the Silver Rails. Bar in West Virginia. What's the date? The date is December seventeenth. I'm. Mean, it's in Wheeling. Uh, we're gonna have Leslie Cavalla on there, and uh, I'm gonna be real. I, uh, Eric Nesby as well. Um, and that's all. That's that's the last show I have for December. I don't have anything else. But um, next uh, January, I got a, a bunch of shit. Um, you know, with David K. I got something at a Imperial Levels on the fourteenth. Um, shouts out to Imperial Levels and Izzy. Yeah, shout out to Izzy. Izzy uh, is doing really cool shit. It's really cool to see he has his own shit going on, and he's he's building. I think that's really cool, man. Yeah, I actually unfortunately had to cancel my show that was uh, supposed to be there tonight. Mm-hmm. Just uh, low ticket sales. Shit you know, happens. too low to uh, fiscally responsibly throw the show. Right. Um, Understandable. And it's nothing against him, nothing against the venue. Just December is a rough month. Oh, yeah. It's been a rough time, you know, for everybody. So, you know, just one of them things. Shit happens, man. Yeah, nothing to worry about. We'll all be bouncing back next year. Oh, yeah. You know what? Real quick. Hard. Uh, so I don't have to say this at the end of the show. On the 16th, that's a Thursday, I believe. 
Yes. I'll be in uh, Chicago at uh, at uh, the Lincoln Lodge. Then at the 17th, I'll be at the Arcade Comedy Theater. Hell yeah, dude. Uh, we'll, <laughs> where I will be uh, roasting the Grinch. You're gonna roast? Who's playing the Grinch? Uh, I don't know much <laughs> about the show, really. Oh, man. Um, I have high hopes for it. Yeah, it high, sounds smoky. <laughs> yeah. You're fucking high. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't know what else I got going on in December. I think that might be it. Yeah, December's a light. Well, you got Christmas Eve. You got New Year's after that. No one wants to go to a fucking comedy show on Christmas. And, and you know, it's one of them things, especially with, like, New Year's Eve. I can't I can't financially pick up a show because driving for rideshare, it's too... You're going to make so much it's money. It's too profitable. You're going to make so much fucking money. Yeah, that's all the shows I got for the rest of the year, too. Yeah, I got Silver Rails, and that's it. And the, what I got tonight, that's it. Okay. So... Um, um, by the way, just just real quick, I want to. I just want to add this in. I'm very proud of you, man. Um, oh, likewise. Brother. Well, like no, it's like I've seen Johnny from the very beginning. Uh, like literally, like I I sound like fucking old motherfucker saying this shit, but like I've watched so many people like come and go, and um, new comics come in. Some of them are super cocky. They're like, well, you know, I my my comedy is a mixture of uh, Dave Chappelle with a little bit of Richard. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> you know you're not. You just tell. You just talk about coming in someone's face. <laughs> Literally, it's the ones that talk the most that say, well, you know, I'm a mix of George Carlin with a little bit of fucking Jimmy Kimmel. I'm like, then you get just... on stage and go, so y'all eat ass? <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> but no, man, literally, like, I've watched Johnny come in. I saw him from the start, man, and uh, his grind is impeccable. He's out here. He's doing shit. Like, I remember one time, um, we were just, I mean, we were just talking, uh, two motherfuckers that grind, me and John, were just talking shit. And he was like, man, I work, you know, I get up at 3 a.m. to do this shit. I was like, I get up at 3 a.m. too. And, and uh, I was getting ready for work, 3 a.m. I get a text from John. He's like, where you at? Yeah, I, I remember like, that. Yeah. I, I was like, I'm here, motherfucker. What's up, bro? I was like, yeah, that's I think awesome. I said something like, I don't get tired. <laughs> he wasn't lying, dude. Johnny, he's out here grinding, man. One thing I can say, there's not many people that grind like Johnny, man. That dude's between his podcast and comedy and just all the shit he hustles, man. Like, he's really about it. And, on, like building this studio, man. Y'all, y'all can't really see around here, but it's it's absolutely amazing. The setup is legit as fuck. Thank you so much, man. That I'm, means so much to me. Of course, man. Like you fucking you you've come up. You're producing now. Like it's it's fucking insane, bro. I'm just trying to make something shake, you know. Following my dreams. Keep following him, motherfucker. Yeah. Nope. Uh, <laughs> MC Auto Detailing is a home-based detailing company located in Aliquippa, Pennsylvania. At MC Auto, we take care of all of your detailing needs, from a basic hand wash to a complete makeover of your vehicle. Busy schedule? MC Auto is also mobile. You can get your vehicle detailed in the comfort of your own home. With a five-star rating on Google, we treat your vehicle as if it was our own. For a free quote and more information, contact MC Auto on Facebook and Instagram at MC Auto Detailing LLC or call 724 724- 462-4863. MC Auto Detailing. Who doesn't like a clean car? Fuck. You, you do the same thing, brother. <laughs> Keep, like, not for nothing. Like, uh, there's a lot of people in the comedy scene. I'm very casual. have a lot of friends. But there's certain people you flock to. Right. Um, and most people know, like, you are one of the people that I love and I'm close with. Because right. it's just... You have to, first of all, respect someone's comedy and their work ethic. Right. I feel like before you can genuinely be their friend, like close friend. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I and agree. you're just, you're one of those guys, man. Thank so, you. and like, 
I've seen you be be amazing. Like I've seen in what you are now. Bravo, bro. Thank you. Bravo. Thank you, man. Um, sweet moments here on fucking inquisitive minds. Yeah, no. Like you were saying, I went to bed at five a.m. this morning. Woke up at nine thirty to straighten up the house because Andres was coming at eleven. I was like, oh shit. Oh yeah, dude. I'm punctual. I have to be. <laughs> and, you know, you just gotta. You, no one's gonna give it to you. Nope. You know, you gotta go out and get it. Uh, that's one thing. Take away from this. And if there's any younger comics watching this shit, man, um, don't wait for people to give you shit because it'll never happen. I always ask later on in the episode, but this is a good time now because that was a great piece of advice. Um, to anyone out there, I always ask uh, for a piece of advice for the listeners, and it doesn't have to be about comedy uh, or anything specific. Just what advice would you give to someone that they can hopefully take away from here? That's a good question, man, because so much stuff comes to mind. Um, I think uh, what I would say is... Damn, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> persevere, man. Um, I know this sounds kind of cliche, but you're going to have very low points in your life, whether it be, you know, you're comedically, if you're a comedian or professionally, relationships. Um, but persevere. Because, I, you know, candidly, I was suicidal for, I, I don't talk about this. Mm-hmm. I was suicidal for a brief period uh, <clears throat> a couple years ago. Probably when I first moved up here, I was extremely depressed. And I thought about taking my life. I contemplated it because I basically isolated myself. And I know it was bad because I quit talking to everybody and I was, I was there. Um, so if you're, if you're there, if you're, if you're ever depressed or if you ever feel down or if you're ever in a bad place, first of all, don't be afraid to, to speak to somebody about it because your, your feelings are valid and what you're going through is very valid. And just um, take it one step at a time, man. Like shit's going to get tough in life, you know. And you just have to take baby steps. It's okay to make small progressions forward as long as you're up. You know what I'm saying? Johnny said this before, I think, <clears throat> and it helps. It, it con- uh, complements my point. Being down is okay, but you must get up at some point. So that's basically what I would say. That's amazing advice, man. Hey, Persevere and endure. Persevering and keep moving, guys. Keep going. Keep going. Uh, there's going to be setbacks all the time. Oh, all the time. So you're 18. Yes, sir. You move up to Manaka, uh, uh, Beaver County. Yeah. Beaver County's finest in the building, you I was, I was by the Bronze Eagle. Okay. I live right next to it. Okay. I live, that's on the main drag, right? Yeah. You know that, uh, that bar that uh, is across the street from the big bar? You know how there's that big bar on, on the – yeah, well, if you tell me the name, I know exactly I'm where it is. I'm trying to think of it. It's Double J's? Not, That's Rochester, my bad. Yeah, that was Rochester. <laughs> it's, not, it's not the one on the corner right when you come. You got to turn, and they got like wing specials and whatnot. Anyways, I lived across the street in a three-quarter house. Oh, right there, Right shit. on the main drag. Small world. Bro, um, when I moved into fucking Manac, it was crazy, man, because I lived on Wall Street, not, not WAHL. Okay. Wall Street and uh the building was just shit. Um and you got like I live with my aunt and we had a nice decent little house. Going from that to this, um <clears throat> no internet, no cable. I had fucking VHS tapes I'd watch every night to go to bed, bro. Um and I oh, that was it. But I got uh I'm very proud of that this is one of the most uh one of the things I really hold with pride. I got my mom out of there. Okay. I worked my ass off. Um, I worked at Texas Roadhouse. 
A lot of people think I lie about shit in my set. I don't know why. Like, after I do a set, <laughs> yeah. did you really, you really work at Walmart? Did you really work at, yes, yes. Like, <laughs> I don't know, when you said you worked at King's, I was like, oh, I know which one. Yeah, Manaki. Yeah. yeah. It was, a, oh, it fucking sucks. Don't go there. Yeah, I, don't, I, I don't give a fuck. I, last time I went there was with Chris Scriva. <laughs> <laughs> this was last year. Sometime it was hilarious, and I brought this up to him the other day because <laughs> I took a picture. Because his grandma, I guess, wanted him to get Rubens from there. For the Rubens are good. Well, they don't sell Rubens anymore. What? And he called her, and she didn't answer. <laughs> and she called back, and he picked up the phone. No greeting. Super serious. They don't sell Rubens anymore. <laughs> like I was like I started dying because it was like such oh, such an important business. I was like, yes, I yeah. Love it. Rubens are fucking. <laughs> their turkey clubs are right too. But other than that, stay away from Kings. I've seen I've <laughs> yeah. seen how they make the meatloaf. Oh, but um, bro. Basically, as soon as I got here, within two weeks, I had a job at Texas Roadhouse. Um, it was brutal um, working at Texas Roadhouse. The management is super fucking strict. Um, the general manager, whose name I won't mention, is a fucking asshole, and he was a pillhead. Not the one now. The one now, Jason Fye, is amazing, and he helped me get my first car up here. And that dude, that dude is a solid fucking dude. So if you go now, if you go to Texas Roadhouse, support them because the owner is fucking great. The owner before him, piece of shit, and I'd gladly slap him. Um, oh right. Oh, but he's a piece of shit, dude. He made my life fucking hard for no reason. He would talk shit. Get, let him know. Fuck him. him. Fuck you, dude. Fuck him. Fuck. And if you want to, I mean, you're like sixty, but if you want to handle that, we can handle that. I don't give a fuck. Look, I'll tie one arm behind my back, make it fair. Cut it like a wrestling promo. <laughs> Listen up, you old brother. Let me tell you something, dude. Yeah. <laughs> uh, f- but no, man, it was it was hard work, bro. I worked. Uh, I was a busboy. I was a waiter. I worked in the fucking dish room. Those dish shifts were hard as fuck, dude. You would get there at eleven a.m. You wouldn't leave till two in the morning. Mm. Cause I'd I'd open and close dish. And, That's a long goddamn day, and bro. You'd have your hands in the water. So much, your hands would crack and bleed. Oh. I would wake up in the morning and my hands were so bad, I literally couldn't close my hand. It would hurt so bad. You'd have to wear, even if you wore three pairs of gloves, didn't matter. Your feet, you had, you had to have those waterproof shoes, dude, or you were fucking suffering. Working dish at Texas Roadhouse. Keep in mind, I've done landscaping. I've done irrigation. I've done fucking hard-ass work. I've done roofing and shit. Working dish at Texas Roadhouse was the hardest job I've ever had. By the way, roofing is for the fucking birds. Roofing fucking sucks. Fuck roofing. Roofing. And I was just, I wasn't even like, I was just an assistant. I was just moving shit and helping like give the, and it, dude, after three hours, like, I can't do this shit. Throw, throw a pack of, two packs of shingles on your shoulder, climb up the ladder. Yeah. The guy up top gets it, climb back down, keep doing that for three fucking hours. It's fucking brutal, and man. By, by the time you take that last pack up, you're, <sighs> <gasps> yeah. What's wrong with you? You ain't did shit. Fuck you. They're and they're like all accustomed to it, and they're yeah. it's we and they don't look like they could do that kind of work, but they can. I had a cousin, uh, Mark, rest in peace. R.I.P. Mark, who uh, did not have any trouble at all working on a roof. No shit. Didn't mind it at all. I met. I was up there with him one time doing some stuff, and he literally like was dancing on a slanted roof as he was working. I was like, Jesus, dude. This that motherfucker's a beast. Well, he was a beast in every way possible. Like, he was a nutso. Uh, like, <laughs> Don't fuck with him. Well, no, legitimately. Like, he had blue scars on his face. Like, oh, he fought so much. He got hit with, like, four-by-fours and shit. The man was like, ah! But, <laughs> but, like, you know, he's one of those people that a lot of people might demonize or whatever yeah but the relationship i had with him was very sweet and very loving that's good man like mm, I, I i do miss him you know i like 
we didn't pro- talk nearly as much as we should have. Right. But uh, there were some very good times that me and him shared. Sounds like a dude you want to have your back. Oh, definitely. Oh, I ain't worried about shit. He used to call me Big Pun. Big Pun? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no shit. Yeah. That's crazy. He's like, what's up, Big Pun? He's like, what's uh, up, Mark? That's what's up, man. Yeah. No, love him to death. Rest in peace. R.I.P., man. Good Lord. R.I.P. Um, but yeah, man, I, was, uh, I worked my ass off as soon as I got here um, at Texas Roadhouse. Got my mom a better place. Mm-hmm. I'm that that honestly that's the most proud I've ever been of anything I've ever done in my fucking life. Fuck comedy. Fuck. I mean, other than my child, obviously. But like, bro, whenever you're able to like, even when you're in the gutter and I'm making barely any fucking money and I'm, I'm busting my ass and doing overtime just to get my mom in a better place, dude. That's beautiful. That shit made me like so happy, and I was so proud of myself. Um, we lived. We moved to uh, Adam Street in Rochester. Okay. And um, I lived there for a while. I worked at Kings. Did all my shit. But I had to move out, bro. Because how do I say this? When I wanted to fuck somebody. <laughs> as delicately as possible, I see. I had to pay my mom to leave the house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, did you tell her it was for fucking? Well, purposes? I was I was just real with it because here's the thing, she doesn't have a car and she can't drive. So like basically I'd go up to uh, mom, look, here's the deal. And do like here's the thing. I don't want to get too inv- I don't want to get too like. Comes. I have a very high sex drive. All right, like just being. I'm being real. All right, I'm not trying to fuck it. But this is why. And I'd get like I'd get so amped up with these girls that I have to do something. Like there's no options. Like we have to fucking it has to go down. Uh, I won't put Andreas's business out here, <laughs> but we had some very interesting conversations. Yes, and I will say there is just some fucking savagery in yeah. there. <laughs> I dude, I, I gotta be honest. Like I, I just, uh, I, 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 it's a problem. There's a demon. There's a demon. Um, but anyways, so I would have to go up cheek, to her. Cheek, 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 cheek. I'd have to go up to her. I'd be like, look, ma, look, I, I got girlfriend coming over. You, here's here's fifty bucks. Just go do something for a little while. I swear, like I'd have to do. And I felt kind of bad, but like that's what I had to do, man. You know what I'm saying? Like I had to had to. Uh, to bribe my mom to leave but so eventually basically i had to move out okay because i couldn't keep doing that and and like i don't want to say the whole reason i left living with my mom was because of sex but it probably was a lot of it i just wanted to be able to just do whatever i wanted to mostly sex okay and what sucks was when i moved out my mom would fucking come to my place and knock on my door while i was butt ass naked and and had someone with me and i'd have to like talk to her through the door (laughs) and like try to get her to Sounds so bad. <laughs> Try to get her to go away. Mama, we fucking in here right now. <laughs> because here's, I moved to K Street. Okay. Right by the Salvation Army. Crack Street, by the way, K Street. If you need crack, go there. <laughs> so my mom could walk to my place. And she and my mom is a warrior. Like that, uh, that's another joke I tell. She is a huge warrior. She'd come to my house and just knock on my door, give me food, which I appreciated. But if I was fucking, not so much. But anyways, so I'll live by myself. Moved uh, to another place on Atlantic Avenue in Manaka. I'm just giving y'all a breakdown of all the places I fucking lived. I moved around, and that was a nice place. And then I met um, I met my current girlfriend, Bridget. Who's Shout amazing. out to her, very Shout nice out lady. To Bridget. She is uh, she's really fucking smart, bro. Like it's annoying how fucking smart she is. She's in a cosplay too. Yeah, she does. She does. Not so much anymore, but she used to do it before we had uh, Caroline. She used okay. to do it a lot more, but she still will. Um. She has a tested IQ of like 160 or some shit. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean it's great, but she knows a lot. So like she corrects me a lot. So she's like a fu- she's a genius, which is which is cool because I've uh you know I've uh I've been with a genius in, in bed. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Um, <laughs> that makes me part genius. You, you mentioned know. your daughter, man. Uh, I just want to say, phenomenal father. Love to see oh, it. Thank you, man. Love to see it. And sweetheart of a little girl. She's such a cutie. When you post pictures, she's so adorable. Oh, she's my world, man. And she looks like a daddy's girl. Oh, she 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 is. Um, I initially, I'm not gonna lie. I got into a little bit of trouble because I I taught her how to cuss a little bit. <laughs> yes, because I thought it'd be funny. Yes, but you know, I eventually I had to stop doing that. You gotta be responsible. But no, man, Caroline's my whole world. Um, I'm willing to kill anything or anybody for her at the drop of a hat. If you ever touch her or fuck with her, I mean, it's it's I'm going to jail. That's all there is to it. <laughs> I love her so much, and I knew when I saw her for the first time, I was like, I, I'm I would go to jail for that kid. You know, I'd die for that kid. I would die for Caroline. Like one time, bro. I was half. I was like taking a nap, and she's in the living room, like playing and shit. I was almost asleep. I heard her scream, "Daddy, help!" I fucking jumped out of bed, and I was like almost naked. I'm, I basically sleep naked. I was on. I jumped out of bed. I fucking ran in there, like my glasses are. I'm like, oh, "What the fuck? What the fuck's up?" <laughs> I was just ready to fucking go, bro. What was the issue? Apparently, she like one of her toys. She was trying to put it together. It was like Legos or some shit. And she couldn't put it together. And you that's got, all it you was. gotta fight that toy until yeah, it man, goes I together. Like, I, all I could think was, dude, if someone had a gun, I'm fucking dead. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna die. Well, uh, before I, I start uh, and ask you about your your start in stand up, there's numerous other things like uh, that are like you've got uh, deadlift records. Yeah. I saw when I was at your place. Mm-hmm. Um, you you went to art school. Yes, sir. Uh, Waste of money. You are. Uh, are you currently in school for criminal justice? Mm. I'm going to school for cybersecurity right Cyber now. Cybersecurity. Forgive me, but, but I see you post uh, like high scores all the time for your testing. And, like, fuck so, yeah, because that's just hard. Congrats on that, man. <laughs> Thank you, man. That's just hard as fuck. Like uh, if people don't realize, <laughs> just, like he's a multitude. You got a lot going on. I got a ton of. Sh- that's why, like, when I leave mics. As soon as my set's done, I'm not trying to diss nobody because people talk, like, well, you always leave, man. You always fucking, you're running out of here. I'm like, dude, I fucking have, I have to, first of all, I got to be up at 4 a.m. Like, you want me to, I mean, I let's see you hang around and drink and fuck around till midnight and get up at 4 a.m. and go to thing, fucking bro. work. I don't know, I, I've mentioned it so many times. I don't know how they can drink every goddamn Dude, night. I don't fucking know either. Like, do you have to get up in the morning? Give me my Diet Pepsi or water. Yeah, I, I can't mean, like, take all that alcohol. If I don't have work the next day, sure, I'll get a little bit fucked up. That's fine. But, like, I mean, uh, dude, I can't, I can't. On a Tuesday, though, bro. Right. They're sloshed on a Tuesday. <laughs> on a Tuesday. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yo, man. Because, dude, I don't know how you're, like, at work, but when I'm at work, bro, like, the first four hours are fucking miserable. I'm tired, dude. Yeah. I got. I usually have to shit because I eat a lot at night. So when I get up in the morning, it's, it's time to roll, brother. It's time to shit. Like, I be shitting, like, not going to lie, like, two or three times in the morning. Okay. But it's great because I work so early that no one's there, so I can just blow that shit up, bro. I go in the bathroom and blow that shit up, homie. <laughs> yeah. Like, you should put this in the promo for the episode, talk, me talking about shitting. Because it's good shit, literally. <laughs> but uh, no, but dude, like, because because people comment on that, you know. Like, I went to Pepperonis. Well, shouts out to Pepperonis. Shouts out to Adrian Ashmore, his spot. Yeah, West um, Virginia. Our condolences go out to him. Yes, he um, just recently lost his father. Yes, so. um, my condolences. So sorry to hear that, brother. Yeah, he's a good guy. Um, but I went there last the last this past Thursday, and um, I got to stay because I didn't have work the next day. And the owner was like, "Well, man, you're always running out of here like your ass is on fire." And I'm like, "Bro, I get." I just got school, man. I got fucking work. I got my kid. Like, it's just, you know, I'm still out here. I just got to go home. I just, I think so many people forget that this is a business. Yeah. You know, and it's like, that's fine if you want to get drunk and hang around. And yeah, like, I get cool. it. It's cool. It's cool. But this is a business at the it end is. of the day. And some of us got 
work to do. Uh, someone's got to fucking grind, hustle. Because, bro, I'm going to be real with you. I'm tired of being broke. Yeah. And, and my thing is, like, when I started going for cybersecurity, so many comics were like, oh, you quitting comedy? I'm like, dude, are you? Fuck no. Mm-hmm. If anything, I'm going to pursue it harder because guess what? I can make more money now. Once yeah. I graduate, I get a better job. Like, what the fuck? Because there's a stigma that artists, not just comedians, but actors, singers, whatever, you can't have any kind of real job. You always have to work at McDonald's. You always have to work at fucking Target. You always have to work some bum-ass job. Why? Yeah. Why, why do that? Why not get a better job to where you can make more money? And guess what? When you have more money, you can do more shit with your passion. And that, that's wild because we know professionals in our field. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know uh, a couple. You know, we know lawyers. Yep. Um, we know uh, accountants. Yep. Um, cybersecurity programmers. Like, we know people yeah. that have legitimate, decent jobs. I mean, we also know... People that are pieces of shit, but yeah, there's there's those two. It's man. vastly different. Yeah, I mean, like my thing is, and this to any any comedians, any actors, whatever the fuck, you don't have to be broke and do this shit, man. Because they always talk about man, I'm tired of this bum ass bro. You can believe it or not, it sounds crazy. You can educate yourself. You can better yourself. You can get a better fucking job. You know what it is? It's just hard work. <laughs> That's all it is, bro. It's hard work. I love it. It's hard work. Like, for real. Like, you you know just as well as I do about not getting enough sleep. Oh, yeah. About being exhausted, hitting comedy, and doing work, and then having life responsibilities. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't have shit that they got to worry about. You know? Well, then don't bitch about your situation, then. Like, I I work 12 hours a day. Vain fucking grind. Trying to make money. And then try and hit mics, do shows. Mm-hmm. Then I got to squeeze in interviews and squeeze in like real life shit. You grind, motherfucker. Like, like I don't know what the people are doing that are just like, oh, whatever. Yeah, man. Because like I'll be like, I'll be real, man. I'll I'll be at work and I'll see people at my job like every fucking day. I'm like, do y'all work or do anything? Like y'all <laughs> yeah. just standing here. I remember during the pandemic, I'd hit Walmart, the Walmart up for the for the <laughs> hangout spot. Like, oh, let me see what kind of chips they got today. People are still doing that Same shit, as yesterday, huh? Well, I'm yeah. going to go check out the toiletries. <laughs> Ain't shit else to do. Same shit, no, different um, fucking day. <laughs> That's shit. great. I'm Just shitting. standing around with their hands in their fucking pockets walking around Walmart. I'm like, no, I'm like, man, y'all don't work or nothing. Yeah. <laughs> like, how the fuck? I wish, what job do you work where you can stand in Walmart all fuck? I want that job. Give me that job. I'd like to fuck around do nothing all day. Absolutely. By the way, we also know business owners. Shout out to one of the sponsors, uh, Marcus Cox. You heard the commercial. Uh, MC Auto Detailing. Great work, by the way. Yeah. He did my car, my interior. Perfect. Yeah, phenomenal. Um, wouldn't, wouldn't put his commercial on every episode if he was, uh, if he was half-assed. He is top-notch. And that's the homie, too. Yeah. Marcus. yeah. And Marcus is a great guy. And funny-ass comedian, oh, yeah. and another dude who's a phenomenal father. Oh, yeah. Marcus Marcus is 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 another fucking grinder hustle, man. Beaver County, we'd be out here grinding, bro. Yeah. I'm oh, actually shit. having Nikki on the podcast later this month. Oh, shit. No, His wife, real. yeah. Um, What's up, man? She's a breast cancer survivor. Fuck, yeah. And, like, I'm sure she's talked about that so goddamn much mm-hmm. that I know she's more than that. And I'd like to give her the platform to put that out there. That's beautiful, man. Yeah. You know, good I, shit. I do what I can. So fucking Breast cancer is close to my heart. Yeah. Um, literally? Yeah. yeah literally. <laughs> well, my, when I was 17, my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer. Oh, shit. Yeah, and I, see, she went through chemo and radiation, mm-hmm. and it was rough on her. Yeah. Um, ended up losing both of her breasts. She had a double mastectomy. Okay. And uh, one of the medications she was taking to keep her breast cancer in remission, uh, one of the side effects was uterine cancer. 
So she got uterine cancer. What the fuck? And then had to go through chemo and radiation again and got a full hysterectomy. Um, She's still alive and kicking like a crazy fucking chicken. What a warrior, man. Absolutely. What a fucking warrior. Absolutely. So, uh, like, it's it's just one of those things that's very close to my heart. Learn from her. That's a fucking warrior right there, dude. My mom was a strong woman. I see where Johnny gets it from. Well, you know, my. Gotta, gotta, well, love you, mom. Um, <laughs> that's what I'll say. Uh, so, when did you start stand up? Um, uh, that's that, that ties into Texas Roadhouse too. Um, I worked with uh, Kevin Bucky. Uh, okay, out shout out to Kevin, Kevin Bucky, and stay, stay happy. Stay happy, or I, I I don't know if he launched it, but stay ugly. Stay ugly. It was <laughs> one of the things he was talking about doing. He was change. He was telling me his branding. He was going to change from stay happy to stay ugly because it's more relatable. Uh, and th- maybe this is me misquoting, but he said because more people are ugly <laughs> and they can relate. And I was like, well, okay. I mean, works. Statistically speaking, he's not wrong. Either way, shout out to Kevin Shout Bucky. out to Stay Ugly. Uh, <laughs> now, he, um, he, worked, he worked the salads when I worked at Texas Road. He tossed salads. That does not surprise me <laughs> one bit. No, but literally like... Before I even started comedy, I just knew him because we worked in the same place. I was a waiter, and he tossed salads. Um, he was terrible at his Scrambled job. Scrambled eggs. <laughs> no, he was really bad at his job, but um, I was too, so I can't really talk shit. So, but anyways, he started doing comedy. If he, you if you start working at a restaurant and you're phenomenal at it, just give it up. Because yeah. then that you found your calling, yeah. and if that's your calling, get the fuck out of there. Yeah, like, stay. Not shitting on like a chef or like a sommelier, <laughs> but like. If you're an Eaton Park lifer, get the fuck out of there. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> um, but he he um he started doing comedy, and um he kind of introduced me to it because I didn't know that you could just go to a bar or and get on stage. I thought that comedians. I literally thought that when a comedian like started, someone just told them, "Hey, go on stage and say this shit," and they got paid. I I didn't know. Mm-hmm. So he started going to Hambones. Um, shout out to the Bones. Shout out to Hambones. R.I.P. R.I.P. By the way, Amanda Averill's uh, podcast. Yes. What is it? Snack time. Yes. I is, that so. what, is that what it's called? Snack time. I was on the uh, most recent episode. Hell yeah, uh, guys! If you get a chance, check that out. I it was a really fun episode, and uh, I don't know. It was more about prison at some points than it was about <laughs> snack food. So. <laughs> I mean, there's snack foods in prison now. Yeah, oh, we talked about it, motherfucker. You will get stabbed for a ho ho. Yeah, <laughs> you fucking. I've. I. My mom. I. I, I talked she about dated convicts. I know all about that. I shit. talked about trading uh, honey buns for Wellbutrin that you could crash up and snort and get about a five ten minute coke high. I've heard that. Um, I've heard that motherfucking uh, tuna is a huge and oysters is a huge deal in there. Um. I, I mean tuna, yeah, because tuna's great. You know, you can't go wrong with tuna. It's delicious. And shit. Yeah, um, oysters, <laughs> maybe for other people, <laughs> but like ugh, tuna's as far as I'm going with seafood. Yeah. And then on top of that, you're not going to give me these packaged oysters or clams or little octopus because they got all that shit and like on yeah. the outside packages and certain things you can send in. I mean, I'm not fucking with it, but people enjoyed it. So hey, but uh. Yeah, I've 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 known. I grew up around. My mom dated a lot of convicts, so I knew they they give me the rundown on prison because that's I don't know why they tell us. I'm trying to date that. somebody's mom. Hey man, yeah, uh, I'm trying to date somebody. To the moms mom. out there, bro, hit up my man Vane. No, there's one mom specifically I'm talking oh, about. Shit, yeah, dude. she knows who she is, but oh, I'm not going. I'm not going to say anything public. Sorry, I'm being inappropriate. Uh, <laughs> but no, um, I I start doing I start doing it, um. 
I didn't start doing it consistently until 2017. 2014 was when I did it for the first time, though, and I was really bad. I tell people this all the time, and they think I'm like, oh, no, no, did you? I was, I was so bad. Damn, look at Vane. Ah! Sorry. I got really excited for him for a second. <laughs> I got really excited. Sorry, man. Um, I was super – like, I was really bad at comedy. I was really bad. Um, I, I, uh, I'd only seen, like, uh, Eddie Murphy and shit. Okay. And Richard Pryor's. And they and by co- the way, don't beat yourself up because – we're all shit when we start. Yeah, but I, I mean, really I'm terrible bad. now still. No, man, but I was I was really bad. Like, I have video of it that I'm not going to let see the live day until I'm fucking dead. Bro, six months in, I did 15 minutes at Arcade to silence. To silence. <laughs> to silence? To silence. I've, I had a couple silent ones like, in there, too. Like, we were all terrible. When Holy we were, like, when you shit. first start... We're all just shit. Well, okay. Well, let me tell you why I was bad. Okay. Okay. So in 2014, I maybe did a grand Are total. Are you ready of, for some dick jokes? <laughs> I maybe did a grand total of three times, mm-hmm. like for the whole year. That's why I don't count it as my start because it was literally just I'd go with Kevin because I went to him with I went with him to every mic. Which, by the way, friends of comics don't go with your comic friend to every mic because it's fucking weird. And I didn't know that at the time. Helping you out. It is weird. I went with him to every mic because I th- I didn't know that was weird. And because I just supporting the guy, you know, he's my friend. And um, occasionally I would just get on stage and everyone knew me as Kevin's friend and, and they would not laugh at all. And not just that, but I wore, I fucking wore gym shorts on stage. I, I literally did not dress like appropriate for comedy. And my jokes were just me saying, fuck this and fuck that and motherfucker and fuck it. I sounded stupid, sounded uneducated. And third of all, I love how. <laughs> You use that marker as a microphone <laughs> while have. talking into a real microphone <laughs> that you know you can move, like take it out if you want to. Cock, no, I'm yeah. good. It's just so it's just so it's so dainty. I don't want to fuck it up. Um, <laughs> but I also used to do this shit where I would write all my jokes because I was a <laughs> I was an actor. So I, I thought that I thought that uh, comedy. I love it. I just I just could write my stupid fucking jokes on a piece of paper and read it like a script and memorize. It's so dumb. Uh, so I would do that. I would write my jokes out word for word. And I would literally practice every single freaking word, like it was like it was a movie script. So I'd go up there, and sometimes I'd bring my notepad and just read right off and say, "Hey, so do you guys know?" Da, 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 da? And I'd sound stupid. And I'd bomb. <laughs> <laughs> I was so bad. <laughs> no, once no Lorenzo, uh, Lorenzo Silvio, shouts out to him. Very funny. Uh, we were at uh, Getaway Cafe. And he was like, yeah, man, you sucked when you started. And um, he immediately retracted. Oh, I'm just kidding. I was like, no, you're fucking not lying, bro. That was true. I fucking was terrible. <laughs> but no, I was really bad. And by the way, another piece of advice for comedians. Don't read off your fucking notepad when you start. Just don't do it. Oh, fuck that. I still do sometimes. No, I mean, I mean, it's a, new it, shit. well, rather, let me rephrase it. Don't try to read verbatim. Yeah. You Don't do that. Write down the concept and and and... Let it become its own. Don't fucking, hey, so my cat fucked a dog. You know, it's just, that was a weird joke, by the way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it, it, it's very forced. Yeah, no, it, that was my main issue because Joey would always tell me that because me and Joey, uh, when I started doing it consistently in 2017, I had the same problem. And Joey would tell me, he was like, your main problem is you sound really scripted. Mm-hmm. You sound like a robot up there. And also, like, I would clam up. I, I didn't even realize I was doing it until I watched video. My, film your first sets especially. Even at open mics, because you don't realize certain shit you're doing with your body language. Like, I would hunch up, and I'd be like this. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know until I looked, and then I realized, all right, relax. 
Now I remember uh, those sets that you sounded more robotic like that. Like right. you could, it felt like you were reading off a script. I do remember that. But my favorite sets I've had you, I've seen of yours have been the ones where you've just been going off the cuff. Yeah. Like uh, specifically, there was a show we did in Newcastle uh, for the uh, Music Fest guys. Yeah. At that little manger thing. Yeah, man. And like a lot of your set was just riffing mm-hmm. and talking shit and it was fucking hilarious. Thank you, John. Yeah. I've um yeah, I've gotten better at that. Uh one thing that really helped was and this this might sound bad, but careless. And I, I, I don't mean I don't give a fuck about stand. I mean like understand that if you go into it because a lot of people approach comedy like a sport. They're all like <laughs> hyping themselves up. They're like, oh, I'm gonna, I gotta, I gotta tell jokes as hard as I fucking can, and I gotta. I mean, I'm guilty know. of that sometimes. I'll throw my, you know, loosen up before I go up a little. Well, bit. Well, that's fine, but like some all, people, uh, some people like get way too focused. And Matt Light put it, put it best to me. And this is why I started. Shout my, out to Matt Light. Shout out to Matt Light. Um, he put it in in terms that made the most sense. Um, because I had a set, it did well, but I started off rough. And he said, I'll never forget, this is great advice too. He said, your problem is you go into the set and you say, I'm going to do this, this, and this. You need to not think like that. You need to think, you have your set list. It's, it's, it's hard to explain. You have your set list, but you can't be afraid, especially on a show. Now, if you're at an open mic, just, just do your shit. Yeah, I mean, if yeah. you, you want to do crowd work at an open mic, that's, that's fine. But just it's, open mics are more for just practicing your jokes. But at a show... Don't be afraid to jump out of your set. Mm-hmm. Fuck around a little bit. And, and, and another thing, do not force it. Because when you force it, it'll backfire. Just just act like you're on the street or whatever. What would you actually say if you noticed this dude is wearing this shirt or this weird thing about the room? And be authentic and let your actual personality come through because that's what they laugh at. Mm-hmm. They're not necessarily laughing at, the the technical aspects of your crowd work they're laughing at oh look at this comic reacting to x y or z yeah so that helped me a lot so on my shows a lot now uh that's what i do man i don't i don't set out to do crowd work and also let the crowd dictate when you jump out because there's certain crowds where it's super tight get your laughs first before you start doing that shit There's certain crowds that don't want any crowd work. Yes, There's exactly certain crowds too. that really only want crowd work. Oh, I've yeah. been to those shows, too. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, think it, I think it was Bill Hicks, uh, like 12 rules or whatever the fuck of stand-up. Yeah. Um, th- that's how you know you're a good stand-up when you don't know the greats. And yeah, the you don't know the Ten shit. Commandments, you don't even motherfucker. Know but one of them, I believe, is uh, your material is there as a backup. That, now... Younger guys don't yeah. don't focus yeah. so much on that. Don't yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I still I have a level where I can't focus too much on that. Yeah, I mean me me too me too. But it it feeds into what you were. No, it's it's true, and like, and that and and that's um that's helped me a lot because I'm starting to kind of sort of find my voice, and up there I'm more of like a relaxed kind of you know shooting the shit type guy. Mm-hmm. Um. One audience member said, you're, you're the dude I want to have a beer with. And I think that kind of, you know, kind of makes some sense. Um, a lot of your comedy is very relatable. Right. Like, you don't split the crowd. No. Uh, which is a good thing. You know, yeah. like a lot of comics get up there and start splitting the crowd. It's like, what the fuck? Right, a lot of people are like me, like, you guys vaccinated? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, like, that's great. But right now, oh, if you yeah. know you're at a spot... That's not vaccinated. Leave it the fuck alone. Yeah, because they don't. They don't want to. Like, like you know, 
Uh, but, but, uh, <laughs> but no. Um, I forgot what the fuck I was saying. I don't split the crowd. Yeah, you don't split the crowd, and mo- like your material is very relatable. Mm-hmm. Like not, and it's it's relatable in a manner. It's like it's not a shared experience, but it's an experience that people are like, oh yeah, I've been through a similar situation. Right. And the main th- another piece of advice I would have is to um. And a lot of comics are different. You have comics that do observational material strictly, and mm-hmm. they don't do anything else, which is cool. That's really hard. I have a hard time writing observational jokes. I'm a, I'm a lot of uh, personal experience Me too. guy. And, and the, the cool thing about that is no one can ever rip off your set. That's another one of his things. Be uniquely you because you have a monopoly on it or whatever. You control the, the supply because yeah. only you can be you. Right. And um, But look at you. Couple motherfuckers out here uh, stealing some jokes. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know. Spill the tea. Let, <laughs> let them out because I went to war publicly over people that stole jokes. I don't care. They know. They know who they are. And, and but the people that do steal jokes. This is this another thing. They're never going to go far. Uh, there's a ceiling for that. People, yeah. because when you get out to other cities, when you got to bigger scenes, they'll be like, "Oh, that's a so and so bit. That's a so and so bit. He's a hack." He I pride jokes. myself because I'm I'm such a fan of comedy before anything. Right. That I consume so much, I pride myself in being able to sniff out bullshit. Sniff out, and I've come to you numerous times where yeah. people are on stage like, "Oh, look, this is someone else's shit." Yeah, and and you're like, "Really?" I was like, what? "Yep, I knew it." Like, because yeah. I don't know, I hear it, and I'm like, "That doesn't sound right." And and part of it is like, if I know your your style or your set, and then you come off out of nowhere with a joke. That's super fucking polished and perfect. Yeah, <laughs> like not from the, not the, not that that's impossible, but it's a right. little suspicious, especially Weird. like if you're considered by your peers as a you're a trying. newer guy still working on becoming funny. That is a very politically correct way to put it. You know, <laughs> I like it. Uh, but a lot of people will try and lift shit and think no one catches it. I don't. I don't anymore. Go up to him and be like, "Hey, that's stolen." Right. Like if it's a friend, like I had a I had a guy. Did a show with the other, I say the other day, it, like a comic. This is from any time from three years to now. Yeah, uh, I did a yeah. show with him. He asked me about a set, and I was like, it's cool, but this is not your joke. It's blah, blah, blah's joke. And I was like, I'm not, you know, shitting on you or hating, but like, yeah. it's, and he was like, oh, okay. But other people will not take that l- sitting down. Oh. They'll be like, I don't give a fuck. It's a it's it's a it's not a street joke. My dad told me that joke. I can t- okay. I've heard that a lot too. Okay. Just no, just just let him live and let live cuz Holy mackerel. There's a <laughs> there's a uh there's a ceiling to that. People will people know. People I get mad. Out. Like it it burns my soul. Like I said I'd rather bomb being myself. Oh yeah. than than have a great show doing someone else's shit. Cuz it means nothing. No. You didn't write that shit. You didn't slave over that shit. You didn't uh, work for years polishing that shit, <laughs> yeah. tagging it up. Yeah. You fucking just, you're a, you're a uh, glorified. You're, you're a thief. Res- yeah. You're a fucking thief. You're a thief. You're a, um, what's the shit called in court? You're a, the, the, the court person that writes everything down. The stenographer. Stenog- you're a fucking stenographer, bitch. You're a you, snitch. You know what? I never had a problem with people doing videos of, of music, lip syncing the songs. I didn't think too much of it, but now I see those like TikTok videos yeah. of people like lip syncing comedian sets. Oh, God. and I see it, and I'm just like, like, what are you doing? Vane's getting fucking. Fi- By the way, I want to explain why we why I call you Vane. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you and Trip. Well, I don't know why Trip does it. Trip does it because you do. <laughs> he's copying me, but uh, 
So everywhere jo- I go, I see Trip. He's like, "What's up, Vane?" <laughs> like, "What's up, Trip?" So for the, the, a lot of people. You know, when they ask me why is your name Vane, is it because of his penis? Is it because he has a vein somewhere? <laughs> well, partially, yeah. So Johnny, if you've heard his set before, he has a joke where he... That dis- I don't tell anymore. He d- okay, he doesn't tell. I think it's funny, but whatever. I mean, um, he <laughs> he tells a joke about dick pics. And in one joke, in one, in one, uh, I I don't mean to burn the bit on his... Yeah, it's, it's fine. Okay, I'm going to burn the bit. Yeah. Um, he he takes a picture of his his penis and he refers to it as his quote blue veined aristocock. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's funny. Um, it was my penis as a pe- presidential portrait. Yeah, like it has like a powdered wig and everything. Yeah, it's good. my it's my blue veined aristocock. <laughs> exactly. So the first time he told it, I just I said Vane. Vane is your fucking name now, Vane. And that's that's basically it. There's no other reason. Since we're burning jokes, I'll burn you another part of that. Uh, closest I ever got took a picture of the top of my stomach and I sent it to a woman. <laughs> She asked me what it was. I told her. Just my point, point of view. view. Ah! <laughs> 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 Fucking Tuna Can John, bitch. Yeah. What is up? <laughs> yeah. Tuna, Can. Tuna Can John spawned out of that, too. Holy shit, that joke was full of shit. Y'all know why they... Oh, it, it wasn't... What? <laughs> I said, I'll say, the reason I don't send dick pics, I said, ladies, I'll be honest, it's the length that trips me up, not the girth. That's why in college they called me Tuna Can John. <laughs> Tuna Can John. <laughs> I was at a show. Some lady heckled me. Why do they call you that? I said, because I won't touch the back, but I'm fucking your walls up. <laughs> oh, God. What a world. Fucking A. That's funny as shit, oh, dude. Fucking um, the tuna can. But 2017, you started taking it serious? More serious? Yeah, 2017. Um... Shouts out to Joey Purse, by the Joey way. Joey Purse, who... Um, I, I think I've told you this, because I've told Joe this. Uh, but when I first started seeing y'all... Like out at Mike's, uh. you always came in together. I thought y'all were brothers. We do look related. A lot of people think that. I mean, a lot of people think that's that. just me. That, honestly, that's just racism. Nah, man, it's, it's no, because it's like two look- similar uh, skin tone fellas walking in together. <laughs> they got to be related. Well, bro, like when we, uh, you've seen pictures of me when I was younger. You've, if you saw pictures of him when he was younger, it, we looked like we could have been related. Um, but so, anyways, uh, Joey. Shout out to Pimp Joey with the long hair back in the day, bro. He needs to grow that like shit like out a again. fucking. Uh, fucking pimp for real bro that shit was dope i wish i had hair like that for real but uh, i wish i had hair period <laughs> <laughs> fucking tuna can man you got the tuna can that's that's going for you yeah, hey, the tuna can is pretty good man there's a dent in the can. he's got star kissed in his fucking pants ladies yeah. he's got some star kissed bumblebee tuna <laughs> all right <laughs> i gotta stop tagging this shit up um yeah so uh, me and joe that's our segment for Old jokes we don't use tag ups. <laughs> hey, fuck it, man. Bring it, bring it back out at a show you don't care about. Yeah. Um. So we, me and Joey hit mics, and um, dude, we were basically out there fucking grinding, man. And we, we've been through it all together. Y'all uh, didn't get a lot of respect early in. Not dude. people. A lot of people disrespected us. Um. A lot of people. And like, I, I, I don't mean to bring it up if it's a sensitive topic, no, but it is what it is. Good. And like, I don't know. I don't know why. Um. I. Talked to a couple people. Some people speculated because, like, your relationship with Kevin Budkey. I know he does, like, he's had his rocky moments, as I'll put it. He's never uh, done me wrong, uh, but he's had issues with other people. But you and Joe specifically um, didn't get a lot of respect coming in. Not at all. And and I feel like, too, you you two are are some of the most underrated uh, comics in the Pittsburgh game right now. Thank you. Uh, If people don't realize, Joe works with all deaf. Yeah, uh, cannabis, all deaf gaming. Joe works with industry, um, real industry. Shout out! He just did a club this weekend. Yeah. Um, shout out to fucking Joe. If you're sleeping on him, 
Time to wake up. Yeah, bro. I try to tell people all the time because, like, um, there's the windbreaker god. There's some people that don't take his social media shit seriously. I'm like, bro, you've got a person in your fucking scene who's built his following organically. Joey literally works with people in the industry. I'm not talking about just like some dude that runs a bringer. No, he works with people that are in industry. He's got huge news, uh, you know, in this next year coming. Yeah, which I won't spoil. Right, but fucking. Huge news. So shout out to him, man. <laughs> Shouts out to first, man. I'm telling you, man. When don't I'm just gonna say it like this. Um if if y'all need to take advantage of Joe while he's here. I mean, that sounds bad, but big like, facts, bro. Y'all need to like hit him up for advice or something, because I'm telling you right fucking now, it's not it's not you're not gonna be able to communicate with him. He's one of the ones in the Pittsburgh scene too that genuinely tries to help others he does. and give advice. Until people disrespect him, then he's like, fuck it. Yeah, which I, I feel that disrespected like, Joe though is a monster that I love seeing because yeah, I've seen it. It's zero to a thousand. Oh and, my fucking god! Is zero to a thousand? And as much as I love Joe, there's times where it's the tiniest little thing. And for some and he's reason, he's like, "Oh, this motherfucker thinks I'm a bitch." I'm always there for some <laughs> fucking reason. It's always when I'm with fucking with him. Oh. Um, but no, man, no, I real shit. Look, y'all need to take y'all need to be, communicate with this dude and get as much as you can from him while he's here. Because I'm telling you. He's going to be unreachable here soon. Yeah. I'm not fucking y'all. And if y'all don't believe me, all right, just wait and see. I'm telling you right now. Don't believe me. Just watch. You ever, you, you try to hit up a fucking uh, a celebrity with two million followers on Instagram. They don't respond. That's what's going to be like with Joe. So you I know. feel like I like I'm telling you like because me and Joey are close. Right. Yeah. We talk on the phone a couple times a week. Usually. That's what's up. Um, love the dude. Brother. I feel like I lucked out into becoming friends with him. Same. You know, because, and, and it was nice that we became friends when none of us were like really doing, doing anything outside of mics, or, you know, right? like it was organic. So it's, I, I can understand once you start getting to bigger platforms, how you'd be more guarded because fake love, people, man. yeah, people like to take advantage. And I'm telling you, you're missing out if you don't fuck with Joe. Well, yeah, you, you really are, man. Um, Cause this dude honestly has legit shit. And he has legit credit, so I don't know. On top of that, though, he's a good person and a good friend. Oh yeah, he's really good. I mean, like if you, if you bone to pick with Joe, oh, this shit. motherfucker beat us all in dodgeball six against one. He got fucking lucky. I don't know how he six against did it. one. He beat us. I, I blame everyone but myself. <laughs> I couldn't believe that shit. I don't know how. Like, okay, so what Johnny's talking about? We did a vlog with Joe. And he's not lying. He beat us six to one, but like legit, like not even like let's do this for filming. No. I don't even think we filmed that. We were just in there like going, going. at his ass, and we couldn't because we're all competitive. Yeah. So it's like we just try and do. And fuck if he didn't I, like how how I don't fucking know, how the man. fuck did he do? That? I don't know, man. He I, I I really 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 don't know, but he he did it. So shouts out to Joe for that too, because that's something that I guarantee you no one else in the scene can do. I can't do that shit. I'd get hit like a motherfucker. Yeah, there's. I, I couldn't beat one dude. <laughs> one nah, man. But uh, so me and Joe were riding together, man. And we were doing comedy. Went up last at every open mic. Um, it was it was really hard starting. And out. like as much as that's part of the game, it still fucking blows, dude. It was fucking terrible, man. I just want to tell if there's any new comics that listen to this, it's part of the game. Oh yeah, like don't nah, too, too many people take it like super personal. Yeah, like I've been here since nine. All right, bro. We all been there. Relax. It's like, far pain, bro. What's what's hilarious to me is some of them will bitch about being at a mic for an hour, motherfucker. Yeah. When Hambones, 
Thursday ham bones. Show up at 8.30. When me and Joey were 40 every fucking night. Show up at 12.30. Bruh, I'd get, I'd get there at fucking 8 thinking that would do anything. And I wouldn't get up till fucking 1. One time, I went up third. Uh, and this was very early in. Right. But I guess I was outside smoking when he was telling people the numbers. Uh-huh. And when he called me, I was like, yeah, a deer in headlights. Like, I'm going third. <laughs> what? Bro, I tell people all the time, I've done the improv, I've done arcade, I've done a ton of fucking shows since I started. The most nervous I've ever been doing comedy to this fucking day, to this fucking day was when I went first to Hambones for the first time. To this day. That's... I don't know what happened. Oh, shit, I'm broke. <laughs> you dude. froze up. <sighs> that's my, uh, by the way, guys, that's my jizz face right there. All right, we're going we're gonna to stop recording. Salutation Shades, and welcome back to your one-stop shop for all things strange and unusual, Talking with Shadows, the conversation everyone has, but no one wants to admit to. Here with your host, Vic Whaley. And Marcus D. Now come along with us as we explore the most obscure things our universe has to offer. We specialize in helping people make sense of the most bizarre phenomenon you'll ever come across. You'll get all the great topics such as UFOs, cryptids, and psychic phenomenon, but also some stories that are so spectacular, they scare people to believe that they're true. Now take a seat, and welcome to the One Candle Society. But always remember, keep believing. Because we'll keep listening. So when did you start getting on shows? Well, initially, Izzy. Shouts out to Izzy once again. Izzy was the only one that would put me on any shows. Um, I didn't get put on anything Besides uh, what Izzy threw. Uh, but then this was like a pivotal moment because I've told a couple people this. I was going to quit in 2017 because, I well, not, it was probably like a year later. Um, towards the end of 2017, I was going to quit, like my first year because um, shit wasn't going well. I was, uh, I was bombing pretty bad. Uh, <laughs> And, Which and, is, is, it's like, now that we've been doing it a while, we understand it's part of the game, but yeah. like, in the beginning, it is so rough. Oh, it was so brutal. and um, So rough. And bombs are never easy. Nah, I, now I kind of have fun. Yeah, you kind of like roll into it and like, okay, yeah. it is what it is. Yeah, I just, I kind of dig my heels and I'm like, y'all don't like that one? Y'all really ain't going to like this <laughs> one. I remember saying that to a group of people. I was like, if y'all hated this, you're going to really hate this next yeah, one. Yeah, dude, I know, I, it's kind of funny. I, like, I kind of. This is going to sound bad. I kind of think it's funny when the audience doesn't like... Like, if I'm bombing already, I'm like, this is funny. Um, it used to really bother me, though. But so, yeah, I was going to quit, man. And Marcus Cox, dude. Big shout, shout out, out to Marcus, Marcus Cox. He was having his album recording at Club Cafe. I'll never forget. He asked me and Joey to open for him. And uh, Chuck Krieger was there. Which, a Chuck Krieger sighting at Club Cafe is like fucking Haley's Comet. A Chuck Krieger sighting in general is rare. Yeah, hey, he doesn't, he lives in Somerset. He doesn't really, uh, he doesn't really come out to the city that much. If, by the way, comics. I've spoke to Chuck online uh, numerous times about open mics, you know, just shit like that. Never seen Chuck in person. He's a Because I've never been to a Chuck show, though. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's just conflicting usually. No, nah, I hear you. It's, it's, yeah, but, um, Chuck Comics, if you ever see Chuck, um, first of all, don't run up to him and, hey, hey can I be on? Because that gets on his nerves. Um, yeah, as it does for everybody. Yeah. You know, that, like, that's a piece of advice. Yes. Like, people are like, oh, I'd love to be on the next one. Or, you know, hey, can I? Yeah, we know. Everyone would love to. We all want to perform on everything. We all know that already. Just be cool with them and just 
be polite, and he'll probably just put you on for that, honestly. He'll give you, like, five minutes, and if you're bombing, he might light you early. But, you know. That's that's a rough one. You get five, and you get lit early. At five, you get lit at two. Dude, you're like, ah, oh, get I've off, bro. I've seen it happen. <laughs> I've seen it. Because Chuck is very uh, forward. Like, if someone's eating it, he'll be like, oh, he's fucking eating it up there. Fuck. <laughs> Shit. I didn't think he would eat it like that. You know, he just, he's he's very, uh doesn't really have much of a filter. But um Chuck was there. And uh, I just went up, I, I went upstairs and I talked to him. And he asked me how long I've been doing it. I told him uh, not not very long, you know. This was going to be my last show. Mm-hmm. I had it in my mind that uh, I was just going to be done after this because I wasn't enjoying it. I felt bad about myself and I was very just depressed. Yeah. So I was like, I'm just done. I'll uh, do something else. But I talked to Chuck. And um, he was like, if you do good here, I'll throw you a couple guest spots. I didn't think he was serious, though. I didn't think he'd actually do it. Because you hear that all the fucking time. Well, I'll do this for you. I'll do that for you. And then they never fucking I'm still do. waiting on shows from people. Oh, I'm still, I got a couple I'm still waiting on, yeah. too. But I'm not even worried about them. No yeah. It's, but, uh, it's like, it is what it is. Yeah, y'all have fun with y'all shit. But um, now he told me that. And uh, I went up. I had a good set for my standards then. Now, if I had a set like that, I'd hang myself. It was it was okay. It um, I've seen the video for for the level I was at at the time. It was a good set. Okay, but again, now I'd be I'd be fucking livid. <laughs> but um, so I did that, and then a week later, Chuck hits me up, and he's like, "Hey, are you free this Saturday?" And I was like, "What the fuck?" And he, I'll never forget the first guest spot that Chuck gave me, um, was a it was a ten minute guest spot. At the Wheeling Country Club, mm. he was hosting. Johnny Lee Dan was featuring. Mike's no, Mike Sasson was featuring. Johnny Lee Dan was headlining. I'll never fucking forget, man. Um, I had a great set that night, and uh, it was just a little fucking gig at a country club. I did ten minutes. I didn't make that much money, but it was fucking amazing mm-hmm. because it was the first time I'd actually been on a show that wasn't Izzy's show or wasn't like some shit that some dude through in the fucking back of his garage and was like, I just need people to come out. You know, it felt like I actually did comedy for the first time. Okay. So that, and then Chuck, dude, big shout out to Chuck Krieger, man. That dude is not just like a book. Like, he's my friend. Mm-hmm. He's a very good friend. Like, when he books me, we, dude, we fucking bullshit. We, we, we're like, we're, we're friends before anything else. And uh, he has done, like, most of my development and growth has been because of Chuck. Mm-hmm. And I'll say it 100%. Has been because of Chuck. He's an amazing guy. He's basically been my mentor through all this shit. My first 15 minute set was on his shit. My first 20 was on his shit. My first 30 was on Chuck's shit. He has guided me every bit of the way. And uh, if it weren't for Joey, Marcus, and Chuck, I, I, I would have quit. 100% I would have quit. That's what's up, man. Um, what's, what's in store for the future? For the future? For Andreas. What's Andreas uh, doing in the future? Well, um, I want to hit comedy super hard. Um, when I graduate, I'm going to have a much better job. I already have a few like kind of offers. Um, I'm going to be able to work from home. Um, Bridget, my girlfriend, another shout out to her. She she does a Task Rabbit. I don't know if you know what Task. I don't is. know what that is. It's basically like Uber for like tasks like if you need furniture assembled you can go on there and find someone and pay them to do it for you oh really and if you do it you set your own rates she makes like 30 dollars an hour to like assemble furniture so bridget brings in some bread now initially she didn't get that many jobs but as she did more and people started like reviewing her and how good she was she gets she gets good jobs now and she makes good money so she told me 
whenever you graduate, even if your job is lower paying initially, because entry level is not mm-hmm. always going to be the best, you can work for home and I'll make up for it mm-hmm. so that you can do you can do your thing. Because she very much believes in me. That's beautiful. There were times when, I'll be honest with you, man, there's times when I bombed so hard and I had such a bad night, I come on my cry. Mm-hmm. Fuck it, I'll tell you, I don't fucking care. I'm, no shame. This is our passion, man. I cry, man. And, and you're, you're creating these things and you're presenting them and you put your heart and soul into it. And sometimes yeah. when they don't enjoy the effort and the work and, and, the, and the heart and soul you put into it, it crushes you. It crushed me, man. Like, I wouldn't be like, <gasps> but I'd be, dude, I'd sit there and I'd, I'd like some tears would roll down. I'd be like, just fucking in my feelings. She'd be right there. I think it's Hold normal for comics to at least to have a show or two that they drive home thinking like, why do I even try this? Oh, I've had show? those. <laughs> you know, like, oh. I've left thinking like, man, <laughs> I'm just an idiot. What am I doing out here? Oh, Especially yeah. it's worse when it's like a three, four, five, six hour drive. You got a lot of time to think about. <laughs> oh my God. I remember terrible. bombing in Buffalo and having to drive back in a fucking rainstorm. It was miserable. Oh my God. That is fucking terrible. That's the worst, it was man. a four hour drive that I was just, uh hating on myself the entire ride you stupid fuck why would you say jesus this? johnny you know? chill out you're fucking killing yourself <laughs> hey i get brutal on my i always say you know uh, i'm my own uh i'm my hardest critic oh me too i fucking yeah. destroy myself so it's like when i criticize myself i'm coming in hot like hey you fucking idiot what's your goddamn problem you think this is funny you think people are gonna laugh at that shit you fucking more like i just go in hey I'm johnny fucking he smoked the aggressive weed yeah shit <laughs> No, but I would, uh, dude, like, I would, there were times where I'd cry, man. There were times I'd come home, I'd be fucking mad, dude. I'd, I'd get more mad than anything. Like, there were a couple times where it hit me really hard and I'd start crying and shit, but, like, I'd, I'd get fucking furious. But she was always there, man. She was always there. She was always, like, she was just very, uh, I think she helped me learn how to deal with it today. Cause now when I bomb, I laugh, I laugh about, it. like, I'll bomb a mic and, uh, I, I don't know if this is the appropriate response, but when I start bombing, it, like I'll obviously try to turn it around. Yeah. But if I bomb all the way through, I think it's kind of funny. I, <laughs> it's weird. Well, you got to take some humor with, especially at a mic. Like <laughs> well, if you're bombing, bombing a mic, I, new yeah. comics out there, if you're bombing at a mic, don't fucking worry about it. Just keep coming yeah. back. And don't. By the way, don't never, never, never. Another piece of it. Never ever bail early on your fucking set. Yeah. So many people tell you that. Well, it's just a mic. No, dude. You need to learn how to deal with that because on shows, you're going to have jokes that don't hit. You have to know how to respond to that and how to turn it around. You've seen it. I've seen it too because people will fucking crumble on yeah. stage and fall apart. Like they could walk up there, start talking, be the most confident person yep. in the world. That one joke doesn't work. They fucking crumble. Oh, I guess I'll just go fuck myself then. Yeah. You know, shit like that. Classic. Mike Tyson had a great quote. Everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Yeah. And that, dude, for stand-up, that's because everyone goes up there with what they're going to do. And as soon as they start fucking, one joke doesn't hit, they start they start bailing on what they were going to do. They bail on the plan. Start and they panicking. Up, oh, yeah. don't you got to learn how to how to sit. Because now, dude, if, if a joke doesn't hit at a show, I'm fine. Because I'll settle in. The, the biggest thing I could tell you is tell yourself to calm down. Mm-hmm. Because when one joke bombs, they think, oh, God, I've been bombing for like five minutes. But in reality... You just had like 20 seconds worth of non-laughs. Yeah, it's and not it, a it's not deal. a bomb. It just yeah. was quiet. And if you do it right, bro, you can finesse it to where they don't even realize you try to tell a joke there. Yeah. They just don't even realize. Keep it moving. Yeah, it sounds like you're just talking. And the thing about like working on having a set that you're confident in that works generally well most places is if that one joke doesn't hit, it's okay because the next one you have coming yep. is going to hit. Like Save it. 
you shouldn't just have one joke. No. You know, and be like, oh, that one didn't work. Well, fuck it. Like, keep going to the next yep. one. And um, you got to learn. So, man, when you start bombing, dude, dig your heels in and figure something out because it, it's going to happen. So I got uh, I got one more question here. What's up, Before Vane? we get off here, because this has been a great episode. Vane. Had a lot of fun. Thank you, Vane. I've had a lot of fun, too. Um, and thank you for opening up. Being honest. Um, oh, dude, I love, I love honesty, man. I'll always tell you. I, you know, fuck but, it. But uh, you said you, you've had an interesting paranormal experience? Oh, shit. Okay. So. <laughs> okay, let me preface this to this day. But I, I think to this day this was a prank. I don't think this was real because it just doesn't seem like it could have been real. So when uh, I mentioned earlier I lived in Alabama, me, uh, during the mortgage crisis, I lived in Theodore with my aunt and my uncle. Their house got sold, mm-hmm. right? So we had to move out. So we were moving all of our shit out, and um, it was the last day we, we could be moving before the owner wanted to come in, and he had a bunch of shit he wanted to do. So we had one more day to do it. So everyone else stayed at the new house, and me and my uncle were cleaning out the old one. We were getting the last bit of shit, and uh, we worked basically deep into the night. And it was like maybe 2 a.m. before we finally um, were finishing up. And I remember I kept having, like, weird feelings. Like, I just felt uneasy. I don't really know the word for it. Like, I felt like I was being... I know this sounds stereotypical. I felt like I was being watched. Um, but we start wrapping up, and uh, we finish. And, you know, I, I like, I'm just being a fucking pussy. Because it was kind of creepy in that house when it was quiet and mm-hmm. empty. And that neighborhood didn't have a lot of streetlights. So it was just darkness mm-hmm. outside. And it was just complete silence. So I figured, I'm just uneasy. I'm just, you know, nervous. So we wrap up, we get in the U-Haul, we're about to, you know, go to the house, and uh, he's like, do you, do you see my phone anywhere? I was like, I'm looking around the fuck van, I'm like, nah. And uh, I, there was only two places this phone could be, it's either in the truck or it's in the house. Mm-hmm. It's the only place he was. So I was like, well, let me call it, and if we don't hear it in here, obviously, you left it in the house, we gotta go back in the house. And um, I call it. I don't know how he could have done this. This is the part where I say I don't think, like, I, I want to believe it was a prank. Mm-hmm. I don't know how he would have pulled this off, though. I called his phone. It rang three times. Someone answered it. Okay. And I just sat there, and I was like, what the fuck? Because, again, it's not in the truck because we didn't hear it. It was in the house. So someone in the house answered that fucking phone. Okay. So I'm sitting there. I'm like, hello? Hello? And then... It hangs up. And he's like, what the fuck happened? I was like, someone answered your phone. And I, I love this about him, man. He's like a really tough, like, Navy dude. So he's like, okay. And he took out his Glock. And he cocks like, okay, we'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> he was just calm as fuck. Like, we'll figure it out. And um, I, I, I follow him, and he has his flashlight and shit. It's all military style and shit. And we go in the house, and he's, like, clearing room to fucking room. And uh, we, we find his phone in the back of the, uh, the bedroom. Um, it was sitting in the corner. It must have fallen out of his pocket. So then we're like, I'm still kind of freaked out because who the fuck answered this phone? Because it was mm-hmm. in, because there, no one, there was no, no broken glass or nothing. It was just sitting in the fucking room. How, how? But anyways, that's not even the worst part. <laughs> so we get his fucking phone and we, um, so basically how it works is you go out the master bedroom, which is where where you take a left, and basically to get out of the house is just one long hallway to the the sliding glass door, probably about maybe thirty or forty yards. Right. Okay. Keep in mind, at this point, we'd shut off the breaker. There's no lights, just his fucking flashlight, dead silent. 
and we're starting to walk out, and we get to the dining room, mm-hmm. maybe 10 yards away, and it sounded like if someone had a book, like a big-ass thick book, and threw it on oh, the shit. ground, like, boom! That's what we both heard, because he turned around with his fucking gun, and he fucking was aiming it. And I, I don't know, like, I want to believe this is a prank, but I don't know how he would have done this. At the end of the fucking hallway was one of my aunt's antique dolls. Ooh. Just standing like this, like straight ahead. And I want to believe that he, we just left it there, but I don't remember seeing it. That's super creepy. At, I'm getting chills thinking about it. I don't remember fucking seeing it at any point. I don't remember, like, us moving it. It was just sitting there. And he looked at me, and he said, are you fucking with me? To me. Like, he thought I did. And I was like, are, are you fucking with me? And we, we both just ran out of the fucking house. I don't even think we fucking locked it. We just, we were fucking terrified. And he kept think, he kept fu- saying that I did it. He was like, you, how'd you set up that doll? How'd you, I was like, I don't fucking know. Like, we were both, like, accusing each other for, like, a good 30 fucking minutes. Yeah. Dude, it was just the creepiest shit because I, I don't have an explanation for any of that shit. What I will say, though, that was not the first time I'd experienced shit in that house. The house was very old. And every now and then when I'd be alone, I just felt uneasy. Yeah. And I don't, to this day, have an explanation because the doll can be explained. Maybe he... You know, oh, I'm gonna get him. I'm gonna leave my phone here. Blah blah blah. I'm gonna set this up. But how that someone answered that phone? Yeah. I it rang three times and I heard the click and I just heard silence. I could hear the ambient air. The doll answered the phone. Don't fucking say that, bro. That shit is. But we left that fucking doll. That's super creepy, man. Yeah, that's fucking creepy as shit. And I, I'll tell you what, man. I will not go near that house. I didn't give a fuck. I was like, I'm not going back in there. And if he was pulling a prank, he's a really good actor because he's seen. <laughs> yeah. Just to give you an idea, my uncle's not a pussy. He's like a big, strong, like Navy chief. He has all these. He has a tattoo of King Neptune on his fucking bicep and shit. He's he's not a pussy, mm. but he was he was scared. He was shook, you know. So that's the closest thing because I don't have an explanation for that shit. Yeah, I don't know how you would have answered because this was 2011. There weren't many apps where you could fuck with people. I don't know uh, how okay. anyone would have answered. The phone. That's the main thing I'm stuck on. How was that phone answered? <laughs> That's a pretty wild story, man. Yeah, man. Pretty it was, interesting. It's fucking sick, dude. I uh wow. Thank you for sharing that. Well that shit is creep I'm I'm like creeped out just thinking about it now. This episode has been an absolute treat for me. Uh hope you guys all enjoyed it. Andreas, thank you so much for coming to the program. Dude, I'm so happy we were able to finally uh get the shit going, man. We we tried to hook up um a couple times for this. Yeah. And uh, it just, either I was busy or Tuna Can John was busy or fucking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I'm glad we finally got to actually do it. It was a whole hell of a lot of fun. Guys, please support John. Um, also, you still doing Murder States of Mind? Yes. Uh, we've been on hiatus uh, since okay. Dan lost his mother a couple months yes. ago to co- uh, COVID. And then he had to put his uh, his yeah. dog down. That was, that was, those were both very sure. sad things. So um, we're taking a break. We should be back in about a week or so. So be sure to check that out because... If you love true crime like I do, I love true crime. That you want to check that out. That's oh, bullshit. thank you, man. We we have a lot of fun with that show. No, it's it's it, I I have yet to check it out yet, but it's <laughs> God damn it. But it's it's I'm going to get to it. I'm going to get to it. What it is is just uh you know, us giving detailed information about a serial killer and Dan being the straight man and me uh 
just trying to throw him off at every <laughs> fucking opportunity. That that's that seems like the perfect dynamic. I could just picture that. Oh, by the way, shouts out Dan Brady out in Erie, PA, um, doing big shit, throwing shows. Um, that dude is a straight up another straight up grind hustler. I've also I'm also very proud of his development. Yeah, shout out to Dan. So yeah, shouts out Dan all the shit he's doing. Um, yeah, have to. Our uh, our our best wishes are with him. Yeah, right best now. wishes. Troubling times. Yeah, man. R.I.P. But I don't know, guys, uh, in the same breath, check out Andreas O'Rourke, uh, whether it be on social media, give him a follow, yeah. come out to a show, uh, great comic, yeah. amazing father, decent even penis. better human, uh, apparently decent penis. I <laughs> heard that. Um, heard so I don't know. <laughs> apparently he's got a libido like a ram, so check him out, ladies. Yeah, it's not cool. It's not a good thing. It's, it's, it's caused a lot of issues. It's caused a lot of issues. Yeah, man, I don't even want to. I wish I'd. I honestly wish I just didn't want sex anymore. <laughs> My life would be a lot easier. Have have your uh, longtime wife die on you, <laughs> and it can change some things. <laughs> Dude, Johnny, because, holy shit. Because it's been a while. It's, hey, well. It's been a while. Uh, but, but you know, the tuna can is still strong. He still gets there. It's not rusty yet. He still wakes up in the morning. He still wakes up. <laughs> He's like, all right, are we starting this shitty party or what? <laughs> I'm like, whoa, who put a flag at half-mast? Oh, all right. <laughs> that's God. enough. That's enough from us. Guys, uh, right. thank you so much for listening. Thanks, guys. Please like, share, subscribe. More importantly than anything, tell somebody about the show if yes. you liked it. You know, I know it's a wide berth. But you can pick and choose who you want to hear from. Whoever. Um, and I'm always looking for feedback. You guys have any questions for guests or anything you want to know about uh, an upcoming guest, just reach out. I'm very accessible right this now. Um, Till next time, guys. Till next time. Peace and love. Yeah. Fuck yeah, man.